fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Gentlemen, it is my first response whenever somebody says gentlemen is always to pull the uh, Three Stooges line. Who walked in? Where? <laughs> where, where Don't where, call me name. Where? Um, gentlemen, it, it is, uh, I've mentioned this several times now, it's it's the last week of 2020. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Yeah. Yes, I, I got everything I've ever wanted. What was your favorite gift? Uh, you know, that's like asking if you have a favorite child. Um, I know you have a favorite child, so what's your favorite kid? I do, but it's awkward to answer, especially when they both listen to the show. Hi, Nora. Um, (laughs) uh, my, let's see my favorite gift. Uh, One of my favorite gifts that I bought for myself, I found a, uh, found a couple of different things on sale at, uh, Target actually before the Christmas holiday, bought myself a, uh, 4k Blu-ray copy of the Joker. Um, nice. found myself a copy of ready player one on blu-ray for four dollars excellent and uh found a copy of uh, i didn't even know they did this uh, metallica put out a new um uh symphony orchestra album like they had one back in what was it 2000 or 99 uh, apparently they, they did a live sequel so it's it's snm2 who is this metallica hey. oh okay yeah it's good stuff Cool. Um, other than that, I, there were so many good things. We're recording this way before Christmas. So anybody who's trying to figure out like why he's not answering the question, that would be why. So it's it, pulling back the curtain. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Turkey, but when people listen to this, you know, it'll probably be the last week of December. But, um, it, my main point in that is, Guys, 1990s over after this episode. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of weird. That seemed to go a little fast. Just like 2020. For, oh, God. Good riddance. <laughs> Sayonara. Can't, can't wait to see that one in the rear view. You know, that was one of those, like the, the last decade of, you know, the last decade has been a little, you know, there, there have been some some ups and downs and there's there's been some like personal downs in the last decade uh, with some family members passing and things like that. I know you guys have had, you know, some some similar things happen in your families as well. So I was so looking forward to 2020 when we hit New Year's and I was like, man, it's a new decade. It's a new start. It's a son of a monkey. <laughs> it's been a year. <laughs> son of a monkey. And that monkey had some kind of infection and shared it with the rest of us. I've seen outbreak. I know how it works. I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and uh, what was it? Twenty-eight days later. Yeah, monkeys. Yeah. Twelve monkeys too. Yeah, stupid monkeys. 
anyway, hey, we're not we're, we're not here to talk about monkeys. Can I plug a podcast? Yeah, plug it. Plug away. Plug a podcast. My, uh, I guess my cousin-in-law um, is the director of mar- director of marketing for the Akron Symphony Orchestra, mm. and they uh, they just started up a brand new podcast called Unorchestrated. Mm. It's a, co- a podcast of conversations, music, musicians, and the communities they serve. Oh wow! Nice. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to giving it a couple of listens. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Libsyn. <laughs> so there you go, there you go, Tom. That's for you. Very cool. Nice. Very nice. Uh, how long ago I was I was pulling up their website real quick. Um, when did they start the pod? How many episodes do they have? Do you know? They the uh, let's see, on a fourteen part series. Okay. Oh, is it, is it going to be a limited series or are they going to do, um, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Uh, That's very cool. But he posted something on Facebook about, I'm like, yeah, next time I'm on my show, I will, uh, I'll make sure I give it a shout out. So even though it came out just before Thanksgiving, our listeners are going to hear about it just before new year's. Yeah. That's it. I see. Um, uh, so I jumped on, I think I'm on Google podcast here. I see three episodes on okay. here that have come out so far. So very cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So go check it out. And unorchestrated is the name of it. Unorchestrated. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very nice. Um, so I do, I also want to plug something real quick. Um, I guess, <laughs> I guess we can consider, I guess we can consider this new. Okay. Stop. Stop it right now. I had to refrain myself from making a really uh, unfortunate comment. Have you, you know what? Hey, you know what? Let me, let me tell you something right here. You, um, with you going through this whole weight loss thing, I feel like your response time in terms of, in terms of your wit and in terms of your comebacks has also sped up. So unforeseen circumstance, un- unforeseen benefits of your weight loss program as well. Benefit to who? Well, it's amazing what being overweight really holds you back from. I know. That's why Job of the Hut wasn't very funny. I mean, no. he laughed. He laughed a lot. Yeah, but yeah that's why. Yeah, it was more like people made him laugh. It was not like he was making anybody else laugh. Although I'm sure if he did, he just threatened them until they laugh. Um, anyway, we got a little bit of news here. All right. So the news that I've got is, um, and I, I shared Pat. So I know I've shared this with you before. Um, the band rock sugar. I heard about this band on a podcast of mine. Uh, Steve Glosson, uh, who does the geek out loud podcast also does, uh, is a co-host on the Disney vault talk podcast. Um, he interviewed Jess Harnell, who's the lead singer of the band rock sugar. Um, and gosh, that, that must've been almost nine eight, nine years ago now on his podcast. Um, Jess Harnell, if anybody happens to recognize that name is also wacko from the, uh, the Warner brothers from animaniacs, which is also now back on um, Hulu. They've done a, a kind of a, like a 13 episode series of it. I don't know if they're going to do more. Um, it's hilarious. Like we thought we saw the first episode uh, the other day, watched it with the kids and it was like it was almost like they had not missed a beat in the last 22 years that they haven't been on. Um, it was great. And he's been in a lot of other, uh, voice acting stuff, but he started a band, 
Um, and they put out their first album in 2010. And because of some legal snafus, they had to pull the album because the entire thing is an album of mashups. Um, so they have, you know, they, they mash up kind of like a pop song with a hard rock song or a heavy metal song. Um, I think there's like, I want to say there's like 10 or 12 tracks on the first album. And if you, I'm looking at it right now, 13. Okay. Um, and of that, I want to say that that is able to fit in something like 20, anywhere from 26 to 30 different songs within those 13 tracks. So, and and they're (laughs) hilarious. I was actually going to play one of them now from the first album. Um, my, my reason for bringing this up is now 10 years later, they have created a second album and they're about to bring that out and it's a Kickstarter. So, um, I am, I'm I'm wanting this to happen because I want this album to come out because I want to get it. Um, so I'm, I'm sharing this information so people will go check them out on Kickstarter. Let me pull up, um, one of our favorite songs. Like the the kids used to love this song when Mm -hmm. we played in the car when they were little. So let me pull this one up real quick. Mm-hmm. This should sound familiar. That's, that's the example. That's the first track off of their original album. Um, I've got their, uh, they that just so released cool. a, I, I love that band. That's so cool, man. That is so cool. They're so much fun to listen to. I've got the, I've got the new track, um, from their new album. Let me pull this one up.
have so much fun listening to those guys. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I love it, man. I love the mashup. I love the mashup. Yeah. That's just awesome. Oh, it's, it's, it's so much good stuff. Um, so yeah. I just, I wanted to plug that real quick cause I know that they're working on getting that album put out. Um, it is on Kickstarter, the new album, uh, the old album was called reimaginator, uh, which if you are a ZZ top fan, um, you know, that is, that is very close to one of the albums, um, uh, ZZ top album names. And then the new one is the new one is called reinventinator. So they've got the new one coming up. Um, they nice. cannot sell because of like some of the legal stuff with the mashups and everything else. They cannot sell the album on any of the like Apple, Spotify, any of that stuff. Um, so they're doing it as a Kickstarter and they are selling items, uh, which then you can use those items to find the songs or have the songs sent to you. Um, so there's no physical disc for it, but you can, you can get the music um, if you purchase some of these items. So uh, so I would encourage anybody who, if you listen to that just now and you're like, that sounds like a lot of fun, which it is like the entire, the entire album, so much fun. Um, go check them out. Uh, they are, they have a, a Facebook page, they're on Twitter, but if you head over to Kickstarter and check out rock sugar, uh, and then you'll find, um, they've got the entire, in fact, you know what I want to say? They, what did they, they raised like $7,000 in one day alone, uh, to try to get to their goal. I mean, just a crazy amount, a bunch of different backers. Um, and they've got about 30, I think it's as of right now, they've got 37 days to go, um, until this ends. So, uh, it, they're trying to reach their goal by January 1st. So you're listening to this probably in the last week of December, head on over to Kickstarter, check to see where they're at. And if you want to grab a copy of this album or a copy of the old album, then, um, you know, th throw them a little support there way um so that you can get copies of this because it is just it's a lot of fun all right well it's 1990 it's the last week of night well for us it's the last week of 2020 but uh it's our last week in 1990 for our episodes it's teenage mutant ninja turtles i feel like it's appropriate um that we end the year with probably one of the biggest movies of the year in 1990 that came out in march what a fantastic uh, oh. And, and you know, as a kid who was a huge Ninja Turtles fan at the time, I, I, this thing was like, I don't know if they had brought out a new star Wars movie in 1990, I might've been more excited about Ninja Turtles oh, at the time. Well, I, I probably would have been more excited. Yeah. At the time. I mean, it was just so huge at that point. Like the cartoon, the toys, the trading cards, the, all the merchandising, um, it just, it was everywhere. So I would imagine that I, at that, at that point in time, nine-year-old John would have been very, very much more excited about Ninja Turtles than anything else. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like when I knew that movie was coming out, I feel like I lost my tiny little mind. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, do we have anything else to talk about before we jump into talking about the movie? Michael J. Fox is retiring from acting. I did read that. It's getting too hard for him now. Yeah. He said it, it, it's, it's very difficult to memorize pages of dialogue, yeah. pages of lines. Yeah. So he needs to, needs to take a break. I don't think I've seen him in anything. I know he had regular spots where he'd show up in that TV show, The Good Wife. Mm -hmm. um, that's been several years ago now. Has he been in much since then? Because I don't know that I've seen him in too many things. I mean, that, and that's probably been. I feel a few like years. I've seen him. So I wonder if he's been on their CBS All Access spinoff, The Good Fight. Okay. Yeah, maybe. 
Anna watches a lot of that, so it's possible. Yeah. As I look on his IMDb page real quick, it looks like it looks like he's been in a couple of different things. Yeah, he's been on the Good Fight. You know, a couple of episodes on there. Um, oh, you know, what? it looks like he was in the TV show Designated Survivor. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, he's had he had a I couple spots. Make it through that one. Okay. Yeah, I never did end up watching that one. Um, I watched the first season, and it had a lot of potential. Mm. Um, but then it's almost as if the writers didn't know. They, they didn't think far enough ahead. So it's like, okay, now what do you do? Okay. Where, where, where does this thing go? So it got, I don't know. The, the story really started to fall apart. Not as entertaining. Mm. Then again, every time I watch Kiefer Sutherland and anything, I'm really hoping it, he's just going to be all Jack Bauer and <laughs> kill a bunch of bad guys and mm-hmm. move on. <sighs> Or die a lot longer than everybody else, right, Pat? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I can go six minutes, Pat. John, I can watch seven minutes. It's it's <laughs> you know, we're on break now that we're recording this. I can watch eight minutes. One dollar. One dollar. I'm going one dollar. You went one dollar. I went one dollar. It's $1. hard once you've seen Jack Bauer, it's hard to like enjoy anything else <laughs> not not and, and by that i mean like like um Kiefer sutherland roles when he's not doing the jack bauer thing mm-hmm. you just miss the jack bauer thing yeah i still like him in dark city yeah yeah he's awesome in dark city i mean he, he's awesome in a lot of things but yeah you know jack bauer jack bauer jack bauer the jack bauer power hour yeah. Well, I do hope Michael J. Fox is able to enjoy, you know, his, his retirement from acting. And I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's probably not going to, you know, go away from the public eye. I'm sure he's going to be doing yeah, plenty I mean, of other he things. Said that if, if things get better, yeah, then he, he may return mm-hmm. to acting, but right now it's just, it's, it's too much of a strain on him to be able to try to keep up with the, the demands of acting. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think I could do it <laughs> right. and and I don't have the same issue that he has. So, I mean, that's good on him for being able to do it as long as he has. And thank you. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you for the fantastic, you know, body of work. I know that, that just, I mean, just awesome. So, I mean, you know, Marty McFly, Marty McFly and back to the future would have been like, you know, like that's all we need. But I mean, everything, that yeah. he's done and all the work that he's put in and all those, all those projects and movies. And thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Were you ready to talk some turtles? Oh yeah. Let's talk turtles, man. Let's talk some turtles. I like turtles. I like turtles. All right. Well, that's a theme from the 87 cartoon. So that that's not the one we're talking about tonight, but uh, yes, it was. I, I had see, I'd read that not that long ago. That was, that was so funny when I read that story of producer of big bang theory and, um, two and a half men, mm-hmm. bunch of other shows, a couple of things here and there. 
that, that was that was his contribution to the turtles he wrote that theme song because he said you got to find a way to introduce the characters yeah and clear like it's burned into our minds <laughs> as, as a kid like yeah. I, don't, I don't think it took very long at all to have that thing memorized Mm-mm. All right. Well, our movie this time around is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out or Hero Turtles, if you were from England. Um, It came out on the 30th of March, 1990. Pat, you had a weird look on your face. I'll explain that later if if you hadn't heard about that. No, I I just... I just always like hearing about those things. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, I like actually have I have some I have some stuff when I lived over in England because it was early '90s and um, Ninja Turtles were that was just kind of right right when that this movie was coming out over there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like a lot of their marketing stuff. It's Hero Turtles, and there's there's a reason for that. So I'll, I'll explain some of that here cool. in just a little bit. Uh, but it came out on the 30th of March, 1990, rated PG with a runtime of one hour 33 minutes, directed by Steve Barron who is mostly known for directing music videos for you know, a couple people here and there. You might recognize names like Michael Jackson, Kenny Loggins, Brian Adams, ZZ Top, and AHA. Uh, AHA. Producers on this one. <laughs> I, I knew it's it's like starting the wave. It's, it's like starting the wave. Um, producers on this one were David Chan, Kim Dawson, and Simon Fields. Chan did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies and a movie called Fly Me to Polaris. Dawson did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies and To Write Love on Her Arms. Fields did Serendipity and Shall We Dance. Writers on this one, the characters obviously created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, uh, who created the original comic this is all based off of. Bobby Herbeck did the story and screenplay. Uh, and then Todd W. Langan did the screenplay. Herbeck did episodes of Small Wonder and Different Strokes. Langan did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 and The Wonder Years. Cinematography for this one was John Fenner, who also did Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island. Uh, It is, um, let's see, this episode's coming out the last week, so I've probably already watched Muppet Christmas Carol at least twice. uh, I started today. Did you? Nice. Uh, music was done by uh, music was done by a couple of different people, but it was finished by John Duprez, uh, who did Once Bitten, A Fish Called Wanda, and UHF. Budget for this one was thirteen point five million. I'm going to point out right now, and just in case I forget to say this later, that is roughly one third of the budget for Batman '89. Um, just keep that in mind as we talk more about this movie later. Uh, box office was two hundred and two million. Flick Metrics gives this a 66%. Uh, could not find a score for this one on Cinema Score. Starring Judith Hogue, who played April O'Neil. She was in Armageddon and Hitchcock. Uh, Elias Codius played Casey Jones. He was in The Thin Red Line and The Prophecy. Josh Payas played the voice of Raphael. He was in The Joker and Ray Donovan. David Foreman played Leonardo. He was in. Uh, he did stunts for Skyfall and The Last Samurai. Uh, Brian Toki is it, it Tochi or Toki uh, played the voice of Leonardo. He was in Revenge of the Nerds, Police Academy Three, Back in Training. Leaf Tilden played Donatello. He was in Dinosaurs, the TV show, and Monkey Bone. Uh, Corey Feldman played the voice of Donatello. He was in The Goonies and The Lost Boys. Michael Sisti played Michelangelo. He was in the TV show Dinosaurs, and he was a Muppet performer for a lot of different uh, Muppet shows and Muppet movies. Robbie Rist played the voice of Michelangelo. He was in the TV show Kid Video and Iron Eagle. Kevin Clash played the voice of Splinter. He was in Sesame Street and Muppet Treasure Island. was actually the voice of Elmo. Uh, James Saito played the Shredder. He was in uh, all this hardware, probably for making coleslaw. He was in the TV show Eli Stone and Always Be My Maybe. 
Uh, David McSharon played the voice of Shredder or Oroko Saki. He was in Sea of Love and Popeye. Uh, Toshishiro Obata played Tatsu. He was in Demolition Man and Rising Sun. Michael McConaughey played the voice of Tatsu. He was in the cartoons Transformers, G.I. Joe, and Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light. And Michael Turney played Danny Pennington. Uh, it's just Dan now, though. Okay, Dad, it's yeah. just Dan. Um, he was in Cost of Living and Spike of Bensonhurst. In New York, mysterious radioactive ooze has mutated four sewer turtles into talking, upright walking, crime fighting ninjas. As you do. The intrepid heroes. Is there any heroes. other kind of ooze? What's that? Is there any other kind of ooze? I hope not. I don't think I mean, so. Ooze, it's, it's, it's got to be mysterious. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, if it's, I feel like if it's known ooze, it's got a different name. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, the intrepid heroes Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael, and Leonardo are trained in the ninjutsu arts by their rat sensei Splinter. When a villainous rogue ninja who is a former pupil of Splinter arrives and spreads lawlessness throughout the city. See, that's not right. I'm reading this description. I'm like, he wasn't a former pupil of Splinter. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> right. Thanks a lot. Synopsis. Um, yeah. Yeah, not a former pupil of Splinter. Um, arrives and spreads lawlessness throughout the city. It's up to the plucky turtles to stop him. Right, plucky is an interesting way of describing the turtles, too. I guess I guess they're plucky. Yeah, I wouldn't call them plucky. Synopsis. What's that? Wrote the synopsis. I, this is when you when you Google the synopsis of this movie. This is the one that comes up. And usually they're fairly accurate. This one, I'm like, no, that's not um, that's not that's not accurate. There's some glaring errors. Just a, just a bit. Just a bit. All right. Well, here's the trailer. We'll be back in just a moment. Let's see if we can find some more errors. Our family grows. The city itself will be our playground to use as we please. Rewarding ourselves and punishing our enemies. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There is a new enemy. Freaks of nature. Together, we will punish these creatures. What the heck was that? Looked like sort of a big title in a trench coat. So I'm hoping that you all noticed the same things I noticed when I first that played that trailer. Version of the trailer. What's that? Say it again. That was the beta version of the trailer. Yes. That was the yeah. in progress. We don't have the actual voice actors to <laughs> overdub the trailer here. I love being a turtle. That's kind of, I feel like that's kind of like when you when you hear those scenes for the first time when you watch like the behind the scenes of the Empire Strikes Back yeah. and, you, and you actually hear David Prowse's voice and he's like, yeah. "No, Luke, I am your father." 
I'm like, well, that's not, that's least impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't, did he? He, he didn't, did he, Governor? No. No, he, he you wouldn't. You know about your father? <laughs> I can tell you about him because I'm him. I'm your father. <laughs> the guy could have said anything underneath the mask because you're not going to see his mouth moving and you're always going to, you're going to record over it anyway. Your mother, I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's wrong. I, I did not. He didn't know that he was going to, well, he knew he was going to be recorded over. Yeah. I think, but he didn't know that the line was going to be, I'm your father. Right. Right. <sighs> Luke, your mother, I, I did not choke her. I did not. I did not. <laughs> well, hi, Emperor. <laughs> oh, hi, Palpy. <laughs> You're my favorite Sith Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so Darth, how's your, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not going that far. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Oh, man. Anyway, Ninja Turtles. Back to Ninja Turtles before we go yeah. too far in the other Turtles direction. In a half shell. Turtle power. All right. Um, so I, here's, I'm just going to start with this. How, hmm, how does this movie make you feel? Like a kid again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nostalgic. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I would echo that. I, I, I'm going to cut right to the chase, man. Like for me, yes, it holds up. Yes, it's still awesome. Yes, I can notice some things that make it work for kids. But yes, that's the reason that I can watch it with my kids and it still works for kids. Like, yes, all the feels are still there. I mean, it really, it's, it's, yeah. It's a fun movie. This one, I, there's just so much. I, I, the first time in a long time that I had seen this movie was maybe a couple years ago. I think I found it on Netflix or somewhere that we had some kind of a subscription to. And I was like, oh, you know what? I have not watched that in, I don't even know how long it's been since I've seen this movie. I don't know if it holds up. We're probably going to do it on the podcast in a couple of years. Let me, I'm just going to watch it. I'm curious. And it was so much fun to watch mm -hmm. again, even as an adult. And there are so many ways that it could not have been so much fun because this movie, I feel like this movie, even more so than something like a Batman 89 has, it, it's got a, a much thinner tightrope to walk. I think than Batman 89 did because it just every Ninja Turtles was just so big at the time. You know, starting in 87, when the cartoon came out, Pat, you had mentioned in one of our previous episodes that you read the comics. Um, I never read the comics growing up, but I, w I watched the cartoon. I had the toys. I had the cards. I had the lunchbox. I had got anything, you know, you, you name it. I probably had it. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, th this was just everywhere. And yeah. I feel funny you, funny you draw that parallel to Batman, because when you think about it, each had about the same amount of incarnations. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the later ones, not as good. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> they can't all be winners. I'm, I'm looking at you, uh, T TMNT, uh, was the 2016 CGI Turtles one and um, uh, Batman and Robin? 
some things just should not have been done. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. in all fairness, I believe that later TNMT was more historically accurate than Pearl Harbor, the movie. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I'm not sure on that. If that's the bar you're setting, okay. okay. I'm just saying for historical accuracy, like factual things that actually happened, I think the sure. t- it was, Fact, you know. Factual things that happened at Pearl Harbor? Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. I, didn't, I didn't even know that movie took place at Pearl Harbor. Yeah. That's outstanding. It's, it's a little known fact. Okay. Well. <laughs> you know, getting back to it too, I, I think what was cool about this is Batman, like going to see Batman, like my parents knew of Batman, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Superman, you've heard of I, I, all that. I'm going to get it reversed. Teen, TMNT. That was something like uniquely like that I grew that we grew up with, mm-hmm. right? Like our parents didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? And I guess that effect is kind of ruined. Like when my kids get into it now, it's just like, oh yeah, I've been checking this out since I was your age. Like it, it seemed to be a new, a newer thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So just it got so big so fast. And I, man, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but almost like a you know, it wasn't like a, a huge comic book thing. I mean, and, and turtles, it wasn't dark horse comics. No, it was their own comic, right? Didn't Eastman and Laird. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was their own thing. It was yeah. their own thing. Like later on, they got bought by, I want to say it was Archie comics. And then at uh, the Mirage comics, I want to say did some of the later ones, but yeah, it was their yeah, own if deal. You, uh, if you jump over to Netflix, which I, I, watched a little bit today of the toys that made us they do a whole episode on ninja turtles and it is so good yeah outstanding information yeah well and and like i said like and if you guys if you've ever read the comics and i got the graphic novels like i i really can't tell you if there were individual comic books or if they just went to graphic novels but i know there's four graphic novels that i have and there might be and it's they're really good and the artwork's beautiful. And the, I mean, the stories are awesome and you can see where like the different, where the story pulled from the different graphic novel for this movie pulled from the different parts of the graphic novels and and whatnot. So I've, and I've always meant to go back and read the graphic novels. So I got to pick up copies of them because I, even as a kid, I was like, there's comic books too. And, Mm -hmm. and I just never read the comics. So, and I've been meaning to do that for years just to go back and find those. So I got to, Gonna get me, give me some copies of those and, and uh, look back at those. But yeah, that was, that was something I didn't realize. Obviously as a kid, there were things that I didn't realize about this movie. I'm like, Oh, they changed that for the movie. That's weird. But then mm-hmm. reading up on it years later, I was like, well, no, actually that was more in line with the original comic than, you know, what I was, my experience with it was the toys and the cartoons. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the stuff from this movie was from the original comic books. Yeah. Well, before we, before we get too much off the Batman thing, I did want to mention, um, you know, Bo, since you kind of, you carried that just a little bit further. Um, I think the Batman thing, like at this point in time, you know, you've got 89, you've got 90. I feel like Batman had, was a, a, how do I want to say this? Batman was not as much of a risk as Ninja Turtles, because at that point you've got, I mean, what did you had up to that point? Your Batman was Adam West in the sixties. And then you had the Batman cartoons. Um, you know, your last Robin was Casey Kasem. And so there wasn't really a whole lot, you know, you you couldn't go down necessarily. I don't think with Batman. So I'm not sure that that was as much of a risk. It might've been a bigger mystery for people. Like, what are they going to do with Batman? Is it going to be 
silly, goofy, pow, zap, splat kind of stuff. Um, whereas with Ninja Turtles, like the, the cartoon was at its peak. Um, the movie, I think, had been in development for at least four or five years um, by the time it came out in 90. And so I, I think Ninja Turtles might have had more to lose with the movie coming out. And I know that was something that the production companies, the reason they ended up being uh, produced by, you know, it's, it's considered an independent film because it wasn't one of the, wasn't part of the big studios in the studio system was because nobody wanted to touch it. Like they were like, nope, nope. We just, we saw what happened with He-Man. Um, you know, the only other movies we've had based on toys at this point were GI Joe and transformers. And those were all animated, um, masters of the universe flopped. So no, thank you. Like we've seen what happens when you try to market a, a toy thing and make it into a serious movie. Don't want to do it. And so I, to my mind, like that's where, this might've been a, a fairly decent sized risk because they were right at the peak of Ninja Turtles. Okay. So coming out of their shells tour might've been a bigger risk, but, um, <laughs> oh, <Yes>. yeah, <laughs> it's still but fun, were, but you know, yeah. But, but I mean, even that, like I've been to some kids shows and kids, I mean, that wasn't that much different than any other kids show you go to, right. you know, Right. coming out of the shells tour and that shredder when he was roasting the kids mom <laughs> i mean that was pretty that that guy was pretty good man mm -hmm. that guy had game but mm -hmm. um you know it, it's it's like you think it all of that was going on because that that tour was separate from this whole movie thing and that was coming out at this time mm -hmm. so it was like it was like the golden goose they were able to cash in on but that's why this movie, I vividly remember going to see this movie. This is the first time I ever remember waiting in line to see a movie like you, that you couldn't just go right in and get your seats. Like we had, to, we waited in line to make sure we could get our tickets and the theater that we were at, um, they had, somebody had brought in a replica of, I don't know if, if somebody built it themselves, but somebody had brought in a replica of the turtle van from the cartoon and they were doing like turtle races and they were doing all kinds of other stuff outside the theater. So I remember they, they had this whole big thing. Um, and, and this was not a, this was, we lived in a not very large suburb of Dallas, um, at this point. So it's like, they were making a big deal out of it, even in this town. Um, and I just, I vividly remember waiting outside. I remember my little mind being blown the first time I saw this movie. Um, I'm trying to remember if we saw it in the theater more than once. Cause as a kid, we really didn't go to movies more than once at the Maybe. theater. And I, I, I almost want to say, I feel like I might've seen this one a couple of times in the theater. Cause I mean, it just, it was, it was full on turtle, th turtle fever at that point. And this was the biggest thing. I, I remember seeing this in the theater. I want to, I want to say I went more than once, hmm. but I don't know for sure, but I know at least the first time I went, my mom came with me to see it. And I, God bless her for sitting through this thing because I'm sure she was sitting there just like, what is this? <laughs> I, I'm not, I was, I was eating it up, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was all in on this thing. Yeah. I want to say I saw it in the theater too. And it, it might've been like one of the first movies that like I got dropped off at the theater for, you know, saw like a buddy and I went and, um, but yeah, yeah, this movie. And, and, you know, it's interesting because like, I must've been getting in cause the comics are the comics. Well, I mean, what we can show our kids now, everyone's different, but I mean, the comics were, were definitely a little bit more, 
you know, violent than what you see in the movie. So I must have been watching the cartoon before this. But I mean, I remember getting laid out with like, oh, wow, like, man, there's there's people getting like beat up in this thing. Like, ooh, this is this is this isn't just, you know, the Foot Clan and their robots that blow up or something like that. You know, it kind of it brought a little bit of the I don't want to say human element in. But, yeah, I think it, it made it more human human yeah i think so and um just uh you know some of the emotional pieces with splinter acting as the father figure and them trying to like deal with okay i'm trying to deal with my anger management i'm trying to you know how do i become a leader you know two brothers getting into a fight and and obviously is it super deep you know it'd be easy just to say well no it's for kids but yeah man it i think that stuff struck home all those feelings that you got when watching that movie, you know, especially as a kid, when you're sitting there and watching one of your heroes getting chucked through a roof after getting the snot beat out of them. And, you know, yeah, but yeah, I remember seeing it in the theater and I, and, and I'm pretty sure seeing it a couple of times. Yeah. But what about you? When was the first time you saw that? I'm assuming you saw it in the theater too. No, I do not remember a theater experience with this movie. It doesn't mean we didn't go. I just don't remember it. I first remember seeing it at home. So it's possible we just rented it the minute it came out or something. I don't have that visceral memory of that. I should have asked my brother. I didn't think about that just now. Um, But I do remember watching it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could we could do the whole movie almost in our living room if you asked us, and nobody asked us. But I think we did it anyway. I mean, we drove our parents crazy with this one. Well, we used to. I mean, we used to have all of the. I think I must have recorded every episode of the cartoon when oh, it was yeah. on off of TV and. Yeah. And, and, and even the ones I did have recorded, if they weren't in great quality, I, you know, whenever we go to Blockbuster, I'd ask if we could rent them. And my mom would be like, don't you already have that one? No. Fish mom. Yes. <laughs> but no. You know, are those, are, are, are the episodes available anywhere? I've, I've, every now and again, I've looked for them and I can't like find a collection of the 87 cartoon available. So, Hey, if any of our listeners happen to know, where they might be available on DVD or Blu-ray that can play on American machines. Feel free to drop us a line. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you can get some of them. Daily Motion seems to have a few of them. Yeah, I, I feel like you can find some at Daily Motion. Um, I YouTube I think has a few of them. But there's no. It doesn't look like there's a definitive place to go get them all in a row. Yeah, unless it's on Daily Motion and I haven't found it yet, which is possible. Daily Motion is very strange. I want the collection because at some point I want to introduce my boys to Ninja Turtles. The Ninja <laughs> Turtles I grew up with, the version that I grew up with. Right. I mean, I've got Daily my Motion. He's ready to go. More than I thought. I bring in Ninja Turtles as well. Yeah. Daily Motion has a good chunk, but website, I, I hate this website. It's really hard to find things. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was just trying to Google real fast and see if there is a place to be able to watch them, but I'm not finding. There were 193 episodes from the original run. It was a 10-season run. Which is just insane. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, we'll have to look and see. Um, it says here um, that they did release, I want to say they did release most of them on DVD. Hmm. Yeah, I, so they're probably this out there somewhere. says you can buy the complete series super cheap on eBay or Amazon. Okay. But I am not finding it. Yeah, I didn't see him on Amazon at all. I bet it's one of those like DVD on demand deals. Yeah. Where somebody has, somebody's downloaded all the episodes and they'll make you a DVD. Could be. It's probably one of those deals. Well, I did just, well, hmm. sure enough, I did just find season one, $9 by the season. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. And they do list all 10 seasons. Hmm. Sure yeah. enough, you can, it looks like you can. Well, if, if somebody wants to, them, I can't tell if this is on DVD or digitally though. I'm quite confused at the moment. Okay. Well, if anybody out there is a huge Ninja Turtles fan and you want to help us track down where we'd find mm -hmm. these things. Cause I feel like, um, well, I feel like at this point, I mean, like it's, it's, if it came out in 87, wouldn't you think that something that big, you do like a 30th anniversary release or something like that? Yeah. You I feel like you would have seen something in 2017. I wonder they, who technically owns the rights to that thing now. Uh, I think Nickelodeon owns yeah, the rights. Last I saw on, on that episode of uh, Toys That Made Us, they were saying how Nickelodeon currently had, or at one point, bought all the rights mm -hmm. from one of the from one of the two guys. I think Laird bought yeah. out Eastman, um, and had been devoted to the idea of he's you know never going to sell the property, and then Nickelodeon offered him sixty million dollars. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. I was never going to sell the property until you mentioned mm -hmm. that. Now I. Cha it's funny because you can watch it explode. Like season one has five episodes. Season mm -hmm. two has like thirteen. Season three, forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> Well, so this and this movie, I think that's what impresses impresses me about this movie is going back and watching it now, thirty years later, is just how I, I was worried. I know I watched it a couple of years ago, but I was worried this time. I was watching it with a little bit more critical eye, um, and as I'm watching it this time, I'm like, okay, I now I really we're going to talk about it on the podcast. I really got to think about does this movie hold up. And am I, do I just love this movie because I loved it as a kid? Can I get past the nostalgia piece? So I tried to watch it this time with that in mind and by God, if it's not still a great movie, yeah, like the, yeah, the stuff absolutely. that's in here, like the, it does, it does what the Simpsons does so well. It does what, um, the Pixar movies do so well. It's a movie for kids, but it's got so much stuff in there that it, the adults that got dragged to go, to go see it can still yeah. enjoy. Yeah. You know, the little jokes, the little gags, you know, stuff like that. Um, I thought insurance salesmen were pushy. No kid's going to know what that means. Right. You know, is this, are we 11th and bleak, bleaker? No, still 9th street. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, stuff like that. Like what kid is going to get that? And, and so even some of the adults are going to be like, what does that mean? Oh, does that just mean like different neighborhoods of New York smell bad? All right. But I mean, little jokes like that is stuff that you as an adult can pick up. 
you know, no kid is going to understand while you might think it's funny as a kid, you're not going to understand the impressions that, you know, Michelangelo is trying to do in the one scene. You're not going to get a lot of that stuff, but it's just, it's so funny and there's so much stuff in there, but it's also a really dark movie. And I remember as a kid, little mind being blown that I got to see, you know, live Ninja Turtles for the first time, but they also swear. Like they, yeah. they swear no. and there, and there's consequences like Raphael. Cause again, Pat, I didn't, I didn't read the comics, but like Raphael gets beaten almost to death. Yeah. And, and as a kid, like that was on par with like Optimus prime dying. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I didn't read the. I don't think I really got heavy into the comics until after. And again, I, I don't know how much we want to spoil the comics. Um, spoil away, my friend. Are you sure? Because and, and yeah. I've got four of the graphic novels, John, so I can loan them to you. Okay. At some point. Um, so, OK, I'm giving a listening audience a chance to earmuff it. But but um, it's. Uh, that a similar thing kind of happened with uh, a similar thing kind of happened, but it was with um, Leo. Yeah, I'm just why this is this is why we are not a video podcast. Nope. Um, no, but the same thing the same thing happened with Leo, and in it, um, it's it's diff- I'll just leave it at that. And and um, but again, it was uh, it, it it hit hard. And watching it in the movie, it hit hard, especially as a kid, where, like you said, you know, it's they're swearing and they're angsty, and you know, they get into fights and. And yeah, I'm watching that thing when they're beating him down. I mean, they're like kicking him in the face and all this kind of, you know, so. I remember that affecting me as a kid. Like when I would watch, when I would go see some of these movies based on our favorite, you know, toys and cartoons and whatnot. And in the movie version, like someone would die. Like, I remember that being like, whoa, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Optimus Prime died. And I'm forgetting in the, um, who was it in the GI Joe movie? Somebody died in the GI Joe movie. God, I'm blanking out on um, it. Yes. Yeah. Is it Duke? Yeah. I, I think want so. I to be Duke, but I might be wrong. I think so. At Masters of the Universe. I mean, people are dying in Masters of the Universe. And I'm like, this, as a kid, you're like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> but, but, but don't they have to come back next week? And it was, you know, when you start seeing that kind of stuff in your movies like that, I feel like that's kind of a, that's kind of like a turning point for yeah, your, your was, understanding. It was, Duke. was it Duke? Okay. I feel like that's kind of a turning point when you start to move from, Hey, these are fun cartoons and you know, nothing really happens at the end of this, the bad guy, you know, he kind of loses, but he'll be back next week. And that's kind of a turning point in your understanding of storytelling when you realize, oh, good Lord, there are actual consequences here. Yeah. Like, and, well, I rem- and I remember this movie in particular being one of the first times, like they, when they captured Splinter and he was being, you know, hung up on chains and when Shredder died, or, well, you know, spoiler, Shredder died, um, quote fingers. And when Raphael got beat up and like all this other stuff, I'm like, well, that's different. Mm-hmm. That happens. That's kind of real. Well, and I got, and I exactly what you said with, with Raphael and the thing that the, the scene with Raphael kind of got me so much is that, that it wasn't like a, 
you know, bang, you're dead. Kind of like a, a mm -hmm. pop out. Well, it was an ambush, but it wasn't like a real quick thing. I mean, it was a protracted, like he was, he was fighting a losing battle, right? Mm -hmm. He was fighting an uphill battle and that's what kind of, and it still sticks with me today. It's like that idea of, you know, I don't think we're going to win this one, but you know, you keep fighting, but you know, it's, 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 <laughs> you're fighting an uphill battle. And that was really, really dramatic because everything you'd seen up to that point was, you know, in the cartoons or whatever, you know, Oh, they'll fight their way out or there'll be some escape or he'll use the grappling hook and swing away from the rooftop or something like that. But it was, it was, uh, not to be. So I want to ask you guys a question now watching this as an adult. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more critical about a couple things here. Still. I, I love the movie, <laughs> but, uh, bless you. Um, is Shredder really just like an evil manager of like a used bookstore? Because that's all they're really like. They're, they're stealing electronics. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's really not, I don't know. It, it, it's really not like, it doesn't have that global terror sense that the one in the cartoon. I mean, of course they're using dimension X from the cartoon, but you know, it, it's like they're stealing cigarettes and skateboards and stereo systems. And where's the huge evil plot here? Or is he just, you know, stocking up his own, you know, pawn shop. Well, I feel like yeah. that was such a nineties movie oh. trope, like oh. the stealing the electronics that fell off the truck and the cigarettes a lot of movies focused on that back then, and it's so weird. I assume they were, were meant to believe that they were stealing them and then selling them to make money for mm -hmm. whatever their eventual real goals were. But it's such a throwaway in this. It's not even that important, you know? But, what? And that trope continues. It's not just 90s if you think about, well, maybe it is. When was the first Fast and Furious movie made? 2000. Okay, so yeah. 2000. 2000. They were stealing VC and stealing DVD players in that movie as a plot device. Yeah. It's such an odd device, but it's reused over and over and over. They knocked over a truck of VCRs. I've never understood it. It's used all the time. Well, and I guess if you want some kind of a threat for a kid's movie, you, you don't want you, you don't want to glorify because I mean in a sense and I'll fully admit this piece of it when I saw this movie I remember thinking wow the the Foot Clan like their hideout I think I might want to be a member of the Foot Clan like they got skateboards and video games and in the back updated uh, Pleasure Island from Pinocchio yeah yeah exactly. Yeah, like that's that, my mind always goes when when you get your first glimpse of that. Yeah, like this place is oh. awesome. Like, look at all the arcade games. They've got skateboards. They've got music. They've got a Cobra Kai dojo in the back room. Baby clothes. This place has got everything. And there, and he's basically that's what Shredder was doing was just grooming those kids because mm -hmm. you know he starts them off at one level and then eventually they work their way up and begin training and train and then they form his army. You know, so. Mm -hmm. To, to catch a shredder. <laughs> yes. Eric. I wonder, like you said, for a kid, I, you know, that whole, I think that rang a little bit more like, Oh man, he's sending kids out and there's like, they're stealing and knocking over, you know, electronics trucks and all this kind of stuff. I think that would have hit more than, you know, okay. He's, you know, 
we're on a global level, mm-hmm. global war of terror. You know, I mean, right. I, I just, I think some kids that maybe read Tom Clancy or, you know, watched James Bond and was familiar with Spectre and all that might get a little bit more affected by that. But I think for this movie, I think the idea that it was just, he was basically building a street gang. I, I think that seemed to have a little bit more punch for a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Founded it in reality a little more too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did notice that Shredder uh, snuck in a, I wonder if this was like the voice actor just wanted to get this in there. I did notice he snuck in an, I am your father line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is that just a prerequisite that you, okay, let's throw in as much stuff as we possibly can. Okay. We've got the Ninja Turtles, but then like, let's also make this like a superhero movie. Let's make it look a little bit like Batman. Let's throw in some star Wars stuff. Cause I think splinter even mentions a force that binds us together at one point. Um, and then Shredder does the I am your father line at one point. And so, I mean, clearly you're bringing in a whole bunch of different influences to be like, okay, kids are going to love the Ninja Turtle stuff, but uh, we can throw in a few uh, homages here and there to, to a few things. Mm-hmm. And right. I didn't even realize it as I was watching it this last time. I was like, I feel like there are some things that maybe got influenced by the Ninja Turtles. The whole competing nunchuck scene mm-hmm. is totally the scene in the bar with doc holiday and tombstone mm-hmm. you know where they're twirling the he's, he's twirling his little drink glass and yeah that's yeah mm-hmm. the nunchuck scene was pretty cool yeah and i and i noticed this time that they had some kind of like drum set or there was when michelangelo was doing it like like there was some something was being played mm-hmm. you know in the background like I, I don't know if it was drum set but there was some percussion going to kind of make his thing seem a little bit cooler. So Pat, to go back to one of your original uh, comments or questions you had, um, the, in the British version of the movie and the British version of the Ninja Turtles. And I want to say in, in maybe one or two other might've been in Germany too, a couple of different European countries, they are the teenage mutant hero turtles. And the reason being, and um, there is another version of the movie where, the end scene, because it plays so heavily in that the end scene and any of the other scenes where Michelangelo is fighting, they have yeah. edited out the nunchucks because they're illegal because they're illegal. Right. And they had some other, I think it was because of Bruce Lee movies and a couple of other, yeah. you know, some problems that they had with the youth of England um, and some other European countries that the, the whole, the, the youths. What's a ute? Um, the problems they had with the idea of ninjas caused them to then, you know, go back through and edit those so that instead of being ninja turtles, they were hero turtles. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't want to have the connotation that it was ninjas or that it was any kind of like illegal, shadowy, you know, martial arts kind of stuff. Um, so there is there, there is like the, the British version of it. That last fight is heavily edited so that you don't even show that at all. Interesting. So, yeah. I remember hearing that, like, uh, when I used to study martial arts, I remember one of our masters would talk about that. The idea of the nunchucks largely because of Bruce Lee bringing them the popularity, they became, um, outlawed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, although anybody that's picked one up, like you, you kind of really have to, you have to know what you're doing. So you don't whack your, <laughs> whack yourself in the head. Or the, 
nether regions, I imagine. That one. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the little bit. I, it, it, somehow the tips of those things are like magnetized to the edge of your bone, right? <laughs> And, and it just, and then all of a sudden it's whack. And then suddenly your whole arm is numb. It's like, ow. or I, I always practiced with innuendo aside. I always practiced with protection because like you mentioned, the nether region, you don't want to catch one of those there because it hurts and you did it to yourself. So it's like a double ugly, you know, it's just like, so. I always thought the nunchucks were the coolest thing in the world. And I so much wanted to have a pair of them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we had a, although I would be like, um, is that wicket in empire uh, return of the Jedi who is like yeah. swinging the rope around and hits himself in the head with the rock. That would be me. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I remember we had a store in our mall and I don't know, I don't know if this is a Southern thing or if you guys had these up here too. There was always a store in every mall that sold weapons. <laughs> they sold swords like broadswords and samurai swords and um, nunchucks and throwing stars. And I, there was always every mall I remember going to as a kid always had one of those stores. And I always wanted it was always next to a pet store. I don't know how that worked that store out. Showed up in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And yep. uh, and I always remember those stores and they always had nunchucks. And yeah. I remember as a kid being like, oh, man, well do I save up for the replica He-Man sword of Grayskull or do I save up for the nunchucks? And I remember my mom would be like, you save up for neither one of them. You're not getting either one of these. Never, no way, no how. But I always remember wanting some of those, but then remembering that I probably would kill myself if I tried to use them. Do you know? I made my own when I was a kid. Or at least concuss myself. I used paper towel tubes and like used a string to tie them together and those would be my nunchucks. That's probably a lot safer. Please tell me there's a picture of this somewhere. <laughs> probably somewhere. God only knows where that would be. That that would be fun to find. John, you know they uh, they do make foam ones that are like practice ones. I, I have seen those. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I think you could get them for like. 15 or 16 bucks. You know, wonder of wonders. I'm probably less coordinated now than I was when I was 10. So they don't I'm, hurt that much. If you bounce them off your noodle. I mean, uh, you know, eh, it's <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably, fi- life would find a way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Life, life would find a way for me to concuss myself with a foam nunchuck. <laughs> I just about guarantee it. Is that a sentence you ever thought you would ever say in your life? No, I, there's a lot of sentences I never thought I would say. That's definitely up there. We're we're at that phase in, in parenthood right now, where we're mm-hmm. constantly saying things like, "There's a sentence I never thought I'd say before," but mm-hmm. I, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you what have there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of really funny one-liners in this movie. Um, do you have any favorites? Do you have any that like when you think of this movie, you're like, boom, I remember that line from the movie. That one was hilarious. I like Casey Jones, man. Like any, yeah, the cricket, cricket scene. Yeah. That's, that was always one we loved. And it was fun. I know what a crumpet is if you're going to play cricket. <laughs> I love the whole thing. I love the whole thing when he's just like, they get into this fight, right? Later, freak, 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 you know, and he's all mad. And then, all, but then all of a sudden, like he's looking over on the rooftop and he sees Raphael, like going through his forms and, you know, blown off steam, which means he was watching him, 
which means he saw that he was getting jumped. And it's like, what does he do? He suits up, he suits up and heads over. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Right. Like this is a guy that you were just like fighting with, but obviously it was kind of, you know, you were kind of sparring and you wanted to whoop up on the other guy. You were competitors. But when he sees that, like the bad guys are moving in, he, he, she, he suits up and shows up. And I'm just like, yeah, that that's pretty cool. I mean, again, we're talking like comic book fantasy type stuff, but I mean, I, I just thought that. So when Casey Jones comes in and, and that fight was pretty cool. Cause you know, it's intense when Raf, Raphael gets thrown through the roof, right? But you notice when the fight starts, what happens? Like, it's like, oh my gosh, like, d- did they just kill one of my favorite characters? Because like, I'm still going through, like you said, Optimus Prime. So we know that that's a possibility. Like, where are you going with this movie here? And then like the fight starts and the music is kind of adventure, kind of silly, kind of not, but it's not like a Mark ride of the Valkyries, but you know, the music's got that and then they fight and then they, I think they, the fight stops. Oh yeah. Tetsuo comes in and brings like the next group of the foot clan. And then the fight gets a little more intense and the music changes and makes it more intense. Then they crash through the floor and then it kind of is about to up again. And all of a sudden the door flies open and they're like, they're like ready to fight, but they're looking And it. I thought that scene came off well. Cause they're all like, fight, oh, wait, uh, and they're all kind of looking around. And then Casey Jones walks in and he goes, all right. Uh, can you tell me what's, what you're doing to my uh, little green friend over there? Oh, who is the babe? I'm just like, this is awesome. And I remember as a kid, just la- like thinking that yeah, Casey Jones is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, you're not going to talk to a woman like that. And especially 30 years on, you're not going to talk to a woman like that and not get smacked. But what was cool was April O'Neil was the one that like, she wasn't just, her, her job wasn't to just stand there and scream and be rescued all the time. I mean, she's pulling knives on guys and swinging and like, I mean, so I'd say that was probably one of my favorites is, uh, Casey Jones coming in, just, you know, ready to whoop up, but who is the babe? That was pretty awesome. And Michelangelo comes in right there. Cause then Donatello's like, who's that? And Michelangelo's like, Wayne Gretzky <laughs> on steroids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I find a lot of Michelangelo's lines to be pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Fellow Chucker, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Keep practicing. Oh yeah, because he's got him on his fingertips. Mm-hmm. There's like, mm-hmm. I like when he's watching uh, when they're watching the car the cartoon. It's obviously yes. like, I think they're watching a version of Tortoise and the Hare. Yep. Yep. And he's just like rooting for the rabbit. Like, what are you t- what are you doing? Come on! <laughs> and he's like, Ninja kick the damn rabbit. Do something. <laughs> no. Yep. I know. You know that was another thing at this time. Um, when this movie came out is like you had karate because karate kid. Okay. And you know, I would imagine like people that studied, you know, that, that watch Bruce Lee movies like new Kung Fu and all that kind of thing. Um, or had heard of it, but I know Kung Fu, I know Kung Fu, but I'm trying to think like the idea of ninjas and ninjutsu and all that, that kind of, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think for a lot of audience of the American audience, I think that was represented something that was like really exotic, 
right? Ooh, ninjutsu. Mm-hmm. Is that an art that you can study? You know? And I mean, cause I remember looking stuff up in the yellow pages and like, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, look at this. Like there's this place down in this part of Chicago that teaches ninjutsu. And it was like, oh, what's that? You know? So, you know, kind of John cycling back to that, that, um, your earlier part where, you know, you know, it was the hero turtles and not the ninja turtles and all that. Like even that whole, like, well, what's, what's a ninja, what's ninjutsu. And you couldn't, you couldn't Google it. Right. So you had to like go to the library and like check out books or, you know, look in the yellow pages to see if there was a studio that would teach something somewhat related. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I thought that was a, it, it added a little bit of a, it was off the beaten path for, I think a lot of the, the mainstream audience. Cause I mean, even Jackie Chan movies were still at that point, like maybe, would we say cult status? I mean, at least over here, he was making them. He, I mean, I think legend of the drunken master came out, had come out, but it was adapted for America a little bit later. And I mean, it, the, the movies he did with Chris Tucker, the mainstream, you know, or the movies made in America that didn't come till much after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the state of state of like martial arts movies in this country. Yeah, they were definitely no. a niche still. Yeah. Well, and that, that was one of the interesting things that I didn't know about this movie before, you know, watching it this time for the podcast and doing a little bit of, little bit of research was this was basically done by, I think Golden Harvest was the production company, um, basically a martial arts film production company. And, you know, New Line Cinema, the ones that they got to do the distribution here in the States, um, you know, that, that was just for that piece of it. But for the most part, that was why this had such a small budget was it was it was basically a martial arts film production company and they were the ones making the Ninja Turtles movie because nobody else wanted to touch it. Yeah. And it definitely, it definitely has that feel to it. I mean, there are, you know, the fight scenes so reminiscent of some of those great Jackie Chan movies and Mm -hmm. some of the Bruce Lee stuff. And yeah. And I know that they, I mean, I think the guys in the suits, well, the one guy, you know, Ho Sung Pak, wasn't he was later was one of the the, the body uh, models or whatever for Mortal Kombat and I mean those are the two big things that I think of you know he was a turtle and he was in Mortal Kombat I think he was Shang Tsung and not Johnny Cage but maybe like Scorpion or something mm-hmm. like that I don't know but he did you know because they had the body capture stuff but but um, yeah it was like a lot of martial artists in the suits and stuff that I think we're doing the choreography and, and whatnot. Pal, what's your favorite Jackie Chan movie? Oh, like back, back in the day, Jackie Chan. The, I, I mean, if you want to say like rush hour or whatever, I guess, or one of his more Americanized, but before he got big in America, I would say like gut reaction, legend of the drunken master. Okay. I mean, I, there's so many, there's, I think there's so many good ones. I mean, just so much incredible stuff that he did. Um, Rumble in the Bronx was great. I was going to say, I like that one. Yeah. It's been years since I've seen it, but that's the one that when someone says Jackie Chan, that's the first thing I think of. And then Rush Hour. Was it, was it Operation Condor or was it just Condor? I, Operation Condor. I think Condor. it's Operation Condor. Mm-hmm. Operation okay. Condor. Yeah. Um, 
but honestly, my gut reaction is Legend of the Drunken Master. And I, I just, I mean, you know, that final fight scene in the smelting factory is just, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just, it goes to 11, you know? And then you realize like, well, actually all his movies were just, I, yeah. I can't fault any of them, but my gut reaction would be Legend of the Drunken Master. What about yourself, Jeff? I've always been uh, been a big fan of Who Am I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that one. Yeah. I yeah, probably I probably would have said I probably would have said Rumble in the Bronx. That I rem- I remember that being one of the very first ones like I ever watched from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Now Pat, when you're saying when you're saying Legend of Drunken Master, are you talking about Legend of Drunken Master or Drunken Master? Mm. Drunken Master is from 78. Legend of the Drunken Master is the remake in 94. Yes, I'm thinking Legend of the Drunken Master. Okay, all right. Drunken Master is is also, is also yeah. a great movie. So, yes, go right ahead. I mean, like okay. I'd recommend that one too. Um Cuz I haven't seen the 78 one. I've only I've only ever seen Legend of the Drunken Master. So, I didn't know yeah. if you had seen yeah. the yeah. No, no, the 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 78 one. Okay. Very good, but I'm thinking of the one in 94. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. And when you look like I think he's kind of he's got his crew established because yeah. you if you look a lot of times like it's the same group of guys, you know, he's got his troop. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think, cause gosh, yeah, that's the stuff they put together in those no. things. Nobody's choosing cannonball run. Well, that's, so, that's so great. <laughs> that's such a great one too. It's hard not to uh, cannonball run. So what do you, so looking back on this movie, now that we're adults, uh, be- before we get into our three questions here no, in just a minute, it's, I don't know. It, it's age wise. We would be considered uh, adults. Well, yeah, yes. I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going maturity. Um, age wise, we're considered adults. Uh, what is it when you watch this movie this time around? Um, what sticks with you in terms of the story? of this movie, you know, as a kid, it was obviously like, it was the, it was the fighting, it was the action. It was the ninja stuff. Um, you know, it, did anything different stick with you now watching it as an adult? Like I completely, as a kid, completely glossed over the whole family theme, but like that was much more apparent mm-hmm. to me watching it this time. You know, I knew that Splinter had all the lines about fathers and sons and, and that type of stuff and family. And like, what is your family? What makes up your family? Um, I knew that stuff was in there, but it was, it seemed so much more apparent to me watching it this time. Yeah. I, I think I would second that, you know, the just, and again, you know, watching it now from the perspective of having kids of my own, you know, I really honed in on a lot of the, you know, Splinter's uh, dialogues about fathers and sons and all that. Like, so I, I would say, yeah, family is is a big takeaway this time, having watched it. Yeah, that was that was what hit me this time. Oh, anything else for you? Not really. Nothing jumped out. I suppose. I mean, referenced the way they referenced women for a little while, but no, not really. As I was watching it this time around, I, I just kept thinking, God, this is so much like Batman. 
like mm. not in a, not in a way of like, it's copying Batman or not in a way of like, it's, it's taking, you know, it's standing on the, standing on the shoulder of a giant with Batman 89, but it's just like, it has that look and feel. And I think that's why it works so well is because that was the, that's the early nineties superhero movie. And that's the aesthetic that how that that's how everything is supposed to look. That's how everything is supposed to sound. Um, you know, it's, it's darker. The color palette is darker and it just, you know, watching it this time around, I just, so much of that, I looked at it and was like, this is a very Batman esque movie and that's fine. Like that's not, that's not a knock on it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a couple of things I wanted to mention, um, kind of behind the scenes making of type stuff before we jump into our three questions here in just a second. Uh, this was the highest grossing independent film, um, until the Blair witch project came along in 99. Cool. And made more money. Uh, it made $135 million in the domestic box office and $66 million in the foreign box office. Cool. Awesome. Um, the Turtles, their costumes were so heavy. Uh, a lot of the circuitry. Um, and actually, and it, we talk about those for just a minute. Just the, the expressions that they're able to have on their faces uh, mm-hmm. with these costumes. Um, you know, Jim Henson and Brian Henson worked on these costumes and the animatronics. Um I believe the costumes were roughly around 60 pounds um, and all the circuitry for the, you know, the facial expressions and everything else was hidden in the shell part of the costume. So I guess when they had fight scenes, they, if you watch the fight scenes, they don't change their facial expressions in the fight scenes because they have a much lighter, um, you know, shell on that does not have circuitry in it when they're fighting versus times when they're just standing around talking. Um, Hmm. did, Did not know about that. Uh, but one of the other things they did because the costumes were so heavy and caused them to move so slowly, anytime that they were standing around talking or anytime that they were fighting, they shot the, the, let's see, I think it was the dialogue scenes were shot at 23 frames per second. Um, and then action scenes, fight scenes were shot at about 22 frames per second. So that when everything was run at 24 frames per second, they're able to speed it up a little bit. Huh. So they tried to compensate for kind of the slow movements of the actors. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. Like all yeah, the, you don't notice. No, I'm just going to say, as far, I don't know how anyone else feels, but like the effects and the suits in, I don't know what a, like a mutant <coughs> in real life, but it worked for me. Yeah. It, it didn't have that. Oh, this is CGI. It didn't look like, Oh my gosh, like a, you know, a cheap rubber suit. Like it was, I could sit down and yeah, I'm watching turtles, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. For being practical with it, like it, they did a really nice job creating those. Yes. And I read somewhere, one of their original plans, um, when they, when this was in production in the mid to late eighties, one of the original plans after who framed Roger rabbit came out was to do the movie the same way that they would have animated Ninja turtles that would mm-hmm. interact with live action people. Hmm. Hmm. That would have been very different. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, you know what? I'm glad they scrapped that and, and, and yeah. they went with what they did. Yeah. You know, I, I really appreciate now the darker tone of this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think if you want to try to do a realistic type of turtle, Ninja turtle movie, you know, the, the tone of the cartoon 
I don't know. I just don't think it would have worked as well for the movie. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no. You know, the, the cartoon worked to sell toys. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting that there was no toy line based off of the turtles in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't until the the sequel that right. they started making toys based off the movie. Yeah. What else did I have? Oh, that this was the last theatrical film that Jim Jim Henson was associated with. Um, that he passed away about a month after it was released. Uh, there were a couple things, and I, I haven't seen these, so I I don't know that I've ever had a copy of the movie because I've only ever either found it online or, um, you know, maybe rented an, an old DVD copy or or whatever from the library. So I don't think I've ever seen these deleted scenes. Um, but apparently there are some deleted scenes that would actually give a little bit more character development and, and background for some of the different things. Um, so here were some of the ones, uh, April, April and Casey's reaction to Mikey's turtle wax joke, uh, was originally one of relief after he goes through a severe depression where he destroys a punching bag and part of the barn's wall. Like you don't ever see Michelangelo deal with this in the same way that the others do. Like, you know, he and Donatello are when they're waiting for the pizza, Donatello is trying to have that serious conversation. Hey, did you ever consider what splinter said? Yep. Time's up. Pizza guys, three minutes late or two minutes late, mm-hmm. you know, so he never takes it seriously. So that I, you, I don't think you ever see Michelangelo get angry or I don't think you ever see him dealing with the situation other than using humor. Um, so that would be kind of interesting to see. Um, there's an extended training sequence where Leonardo proves a point by turning his mask around and fighting blind, followed by the other turtles taking turns doing the same thing. Mm. Um, the scene rather famously has Donatello sporting a straw hat. So mm. I remember that cause I collected all of the cards, the trading cards for the cartoon and also collected as many of the trading cards from the movie as I could. And I remember there being a trading card where Donatello is standing in a field wearing a straw hat. And I remember as a kid being like, when did that happen in the movie? I don't remember that. And at the time I I never would, as a kid, I never would have thought that movies actually had deleted scenes. I vaguely remember seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Cause I can picture the straw hat. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I've still got those cards somewhere. I have to go look and see. I I know I've got some of my old Batman 89 cards and I know I've got some of my old Ninja Turtle cartoon cards. I don't know if I still have the movie ones. That's yeah, they're going to be in a box somewhere. Hmm. Uh there's various scenes of the turtles training on their own or in pairs, um trying to master the technique that Leonardo had showed them earlier. Um some of the April and Casey Jones scenes kind of developed their romantic interest a little bit more. Um see um a game of ninja hot potato where the turtles toss around an apple and the holder has to defend against the other three while taking a bite out of it it makes the later scene where wrath finishes off an apple after defeating a squad of foot soldiers a callback all right well do we have anything else about this one before we move into um I, oh the other thing i was going to say I, I didn't see this on imdb but i did either read or hear this somewhere else that because of creative differences um, the director for this one got pulled off the project very late in the production. And so they brought on a couple of extra editors to kind of re-edit the movie. Um, apparently it was a bit of a mess. Like when they showed the finished product to the production studio, to, you know, whoever, 
whoever needed to see it. Um, they, I guess their complaint was, well, we did hire a guy who does music videos. So if you cut this movie up into three minute segments, works great. <laughs> not, not so much as a full movie though. So apparently they had a disagreement over it. I, I guess they had a completely different composer, uh, for the music as well. And they switched all that stuff kind of at the last minute and they brought in a couple of extra editors to come in and, and kind of chop the movie up and re-edit it. And, um, but I guess it was a, it was a big old mess before they did all that. I think the, uh, the original director's cut. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting to say the least. I hear Steppenwolf has shinier armor in it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's different different director's cut. <laughs> I did. I, <laughs> I know I, what you're talking about. I just I read that earlier today. Did you? I, I, I did. That. I, I did put up a picture. I made my own picture and I put it up on Twitter. Um, the we're talking about the Zack Snyder uh, cut of Justice League. Okay. And in the new one, the uh, the villain Steppenwolf has this shiny gold armor instead of kind of like the grayish armor that he had originally in Justice League. They've redone him with very shiny, very spiky, like spikes everywhere. And this mm-hmm. big old like horned headdress deal with gold spikes everywhere. And so I actually made a picture of John Bender um, sitting at his desk with a picture of Skeletor from Masters of the Universe down in the corner. And the caption says, does Skeletor know that you raid his wardrobe? <laughs> <laughs> Looks a lot like Masters of the Universe Skeletor at the end of the movie. That's funny. All That's right. Funny. Well, do we have anything else before we get into three questions? Great movie. It's it is, just a great movie. It is so fun. So, it's just so fun. I'm what? watching it when we're done here. Watch. I'm going to I'm going to watch it again. Watch this one and the sequel. The yeah. one, the one sequel. Do not watch anything after that. <laughs> yeah, you got to have the sequel prepped for January anyway. I know. See, that's the thing is pretty soon we're going to be doing Ninja Turtles too. So it's, it's a quick turnaround for all that. I just can't believe they turned the actual movies around that fast. Like that's so crazy to me that you go from March of 90 to, I don't, I don't recall what month it was, but you, I mean, that's a year. That's a year between 90 and 91 that you can have that fast of a turnaround. I know it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Three questions. Learn yeah. ninja rap. Uh, yes. Go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja. Yes. All right. Three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions. Question number one, who is your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle villain? Uh, This can be any iteration of the Ninja Turtles cartoon, movie, video game, whatever you want. I'm going to have to hit up the Googles for a second. Okay. (laughs) The favorite villain? Yeah. You know, I like uh, Bob and Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. Uh, going with the classics. They're dumb and they smash stuff. 
I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Shredder, the original. I would say the original, another classic. Mm-hmm. When the cartoon was out, I think I would have said at the time, probably, um, honestly, I always liked Krang. Like Krang I, was the uh, evil mastermind. How can I, you go wrong? I, I did like Krang um, in terms of the toys. Like when this one finally came out, um, I, I thought, I, for some reason, I don't know. I thought this was the coolest one of the toys. I'm going to go with, what was his name? Slash. Slash was like an evil Ninja Turtle. He was kind of like this deformed evil. He had like spikes on the back of his shell. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure his name was Slash. It was kind of like if you had, um, what were the ones from Ninja Turtles 2? Toka and Razor. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of like if you had Toka, the turtle, um, but you made him look a little scarier and actually more threatening. But okay. I remember, I remember having the toy of that, and I remember thinking that like that one was really cool. I, he almost looked like one of the Ninja Turtles. Like he had a, I don't remember what color his mask was, but he had like a mask around his eyes, just like they did, um, and he had like spikes on his shell and on his shoulders. And I just remember thinking he looked really cool. Nice. So I might go with that one. He was in the original cartoon too. I don't remember which, like how far back in the original cartoon, but. The Rat King was always fun. Yeah, I think I might have to go with Shredder. Yeah. I'm looking I'm looking at a list of villains, and there's some that I kind of recall, like Rat King, I, I kind of remember. But like Bebop and Rocksteady, Krang, and Shredder. You know, the, those are the ones that were always popping up in the episodes for sure. Although... <laughs> I'm looking at this list and towards the top of the list of like the the best villains. I, I think you're, is it the same one I'm looking at? Is it GameSpot.com? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the producers <laughs> of Ninja Turtles, the next mutation. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's hilarious. That's outstanding. Yeah. Number four on the list. Yeah. Ah, oh, good form. Cause you've just had like Baxter Stockman and then you've got Bebop and Rocksteady, Krang, the producers of Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Question number two. Which turtle's weapons would you choose to fight with? And we've already established I would have loved the nunchucks, but I probably also would have, you know, given myself severe brain damage by trying to use them. I, As a kid, I always, like, I would have gone with, um, while I always thought those were fun, I always really like Leonardo's sword. Like I, I would have gone with the katana. I think I, I definitely would love to have learned how to use nunchucks, but I feel like Donatello's bow is what would, would be really awesome to be able to wield something like that. Um, and then just like, you know, if you're out somewhere and you need something like you can grab a broomstick and there you go, or you grab a tree branch and there you go, you're ready to go. So there's, there's usually something of that nature available to you. Should you need it? Mm-hmm. You're, you're basically like a Ray or a Darth Maul. Same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, except Darth Maul's will slash you in half. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Oh, where are you coming down on the weapons? If Bo chooses a bow, I'm going to. Honestly, yeah, I, I like it a lot. 
I think I said the same thing in our uh, coming out of their shells tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No whooping stick. I guess it depends on what application you need, but I don't want to be that guy with the questions as I'm sometimes accused of. So I'll just have to say, like, I always thought that the size were, it was something exotic. And, uh, you know, that always caught, those always caught my eye. That being said, um, you know, which one do I think would be the most useful would maybe change that. And then, which one do I think I would be the most successful at would also change that. But, um, I, you know, growing up, I, I always thought the size were pretty cool. So I'm going to ask a question two and a half. Um, I'm sure we've all played the old Ninja Turtles arcade game. <laughs> okay. Which character did you always choose? Raphael. Michelangelo. Uh, yeah, I always chose Michelangelo. Okay. Did I wait? Did I? Donatello and Leonardo definitely kind of. I think traded off for me. Yeah, I think I may have traded off between Michelangelo and Donatello. Okay. I feel like, and they were probably all exactly the same, but I feel like with Donatello, you had more of a chance of like throwing someone in the opposite direction. Hmm. I don't know. That was probably just. It's probably just <laughs> well, in, my, in my mind. He but, had that move, like you could get yeah. out, and he remember he'd like poke yeah. you with the stick and then throw you over the top. Yeah. All right, finally, question number three. What is your favorite movie that features martial arts fighting? Mm. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> I got to go Karate Kid. Let me, let me start the timer. <laughs> Jeez. So what's the limit on the list? Does it have to be 20? Do we have to keep it within 20 movies or? Mm. I'm try to say one. One. One hundred. <laughs> one what one what? That's what I'm gonna tell my wife in a minute. Hey, I need one more. He just asked about my favorite martial arts movie. Um I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Enter the Dragon. Kind of figured you would. Um but then I've got two honorable mentions, but I'll wait until after, after uh, you guys all throw in, but yeah, enter the dragon is just, mm-hmm. you know, iconic. Right. And yeah. that's one of like, I think, I think, you know, that was one of the first ones where if I might be off, so please listening audience, if I've got it wrong, please set me straight. But I think that was one of the first ones where Bruce Lee had like, almost all the creative control so he could really control what like the philosophical message was in there and you know the story and obviously all the incredible fighting scenes and all that kind of stuff um but uh um yeah that was that was one of the first and then i think game of death was the one that he just was like trying to like make the high point of his career, but then he passed unfortunately before they completed it. But yeah, enter the dragon is just classic iconic. It's Bruce Lee. I mean, you know, awesome. I think so. I think I'm going to choose of the two of the top two that I narrowed it down to. 
I, the number one that I'm going to choose is the one that I would rewatch the most often. And the one that I have not watched in a while and I need to watch very, very soon. Um, I think I would choose the matrix as like overall number one movie. Um, but the other one that was really, really close for me was crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Damn it. That was going to be, I, okay. Was that going to be, you, you, go ahead and take it then. I'll take the matrix. You take that one. Uh, I mean, I've, I've got, I've got some others on my okay. list as I'm trying to really narrow this down, but okay. crouching tiger like is just, a, it's a gorgeous movie. It, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. I was, I was going through my movie collection today, kind of trying to rearrange it because I have too many for the shelves that I currently have. And so I was trying to pare down some that I just have, I bought years ago and have never watched. And I realized I don't have a copy of crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Mm. I completely thought I did. My dad did. And I think when, when, after he passed and his DVDs got divided up, I, I think somebody else in the family ended up getting that one. So I, I may have to fix that soon. I was going to say, in the words of uh, Braveheart's uncle. It's something we shall right. have to remedy. We're going to have to remedy this. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the other one that I was thinking of was um, Hero with Jet Li. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's another just fantastic film. Yeah. I'm going to Google this real quick. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what was your what was your choice? Oh, I went simple. I went Karate Kid. Okay, mm-hmm. Karate Kid. Okay. Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Done. There you go. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Kung Pao. Oh man. I'd say either Crouching Tiger or Hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Enter the Dragon. I, I, I might also throw in there. Uh, I saw Dragon the Bruce Lee story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, that was a pretty influential movie on young Pat. Yeah. And, um, I'll say, cause that's 93. So that's kind of like actually after 89 Batman, man, I think that was my next countdown. I can't wait to get there for this podcast, but yeah, dragon, the Bruce Lee story was up there. The matrix I saw in college and then immediately saw it again. And again, then went to dinner and then went back and saw it again um, <clears throat> on the same day. Sorry, mom and dad. That's maybe why I ran out of uh, a little bit of uh, <clears throat> rent money that year. But, uh, but that one also kind of was like the final straw when it was like, okay, I'm, and there was a pretty big martial art um, um, club on campus. And I went and joined that like the next day. Like, okay, I'm in, like, this is, you know, and, um, so Matrix was up there and then the legend of the drunken master as like we talked about with Jackie Chan, I'll put that one in there. The Matrix was the first movie I had ever seen that had been pirated. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was in, um, I was on the, the newspaper my senior year in high school and somebody else on the newspaper brought in. And at that point, I, I don't even know if I knew you could even do this. Um, they brought in a CD. Actually, I think it was a couple of CDs. Like the movie had to be burned on a couple of different CDs and they brought in these two CDs, uh, the two CDRs. Um, and they brought them into the computer lab that we worked on uh, the newspaper. And they're like, Hey, Hey, hey I got a copy of the matrix. And at that point, I don't even know if I had been paying attention enough to know what the matrix was. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? What's the matrix? What is that? He's like, hold on, I'll show you. 
He pops it in the computer, starts playing the movie. And I'm going, wait, we're watching a movie on a computer. What? 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 This, this is wait, hold on. What? And we proceeded to watch the movie and I'm like, this is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. <laughs> Where can one obtain a copy of this to take home to their own computer? Yeah, that was one of the first times that I'd ever seen anybody like make a copy of a movie somewhere. I was like, well, how did you, how did you get, okay, I don't want to know how you got this, but I would like to see it and see more of it. You get busted using that. You didn't get it from me. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't happened yet. No. And how perfect is the Matrix, the one that you I, see on the computer? I mean, that's right. totally. Right. Oh, dang it. Nine more years till we can talk about the Matrix. Mr. Anderson. Okay, after re-watching this movie, I'm going to watch The Matrix tonight. <sighs> you seem surprised to see me again, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> God, I gotta go find, I'm looking up stuff on uh, Crouching Tiger now. I'm like, I need to get a copy of that movie. Yeah. Because it's been so long since I've seen it. I don't know what happened to my copy of it. Yeah. I had it. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. No. It, there's is and there's that great scene in there where he's. I think he's standing on the big blades of grass, fighting with the the gal that steals the the green dragon or whatever mm -hmm. the sword is. Yep. And she's just like yelling at him, right? And he's just so calm, mm -hmm. right? He's just calmly responding to everything she's saying, yelling at him. And then she says something I can't remember, but something like you think you're this ultimate warrior and blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, some, what is the line? Like most things I am nothing or mm -hmm. something. And it's just, and then he goes on and it's just like, Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Kill Bill popped up on this list. I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even have thought of that one. I'd also like to just, you know, Jet Lee and lethal weapon three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he just disassembles that gun with one hand, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. holy crap. And, not, that that, not that that's the Kung Fu part of it, but right. Jet Li was just tough in that movie. Yeah. But that's one of the things that they do in those, like Jackie Chan will do that too, right? I'm mm -hmm. trying to think like uh, that, the gun, the disassembly thing where they're just walking and the gun just kind of falls to pieces. And Would you say, I don't know that I'd call that as much martial. Would you no. say a plethora? <laughs> Would you say we have a plethora of movies? <laughs> oh yes, have <laughs> a plethora. Um, the Crow is not a martial arts movie because he's not really doing as much martial arts in that, right? It's been a while since I've seen The Crow. I don't remember like like a lot of martial arts yeah. in there, but I mean, I it's not my place to say, oh well, that's not a like I don't want to be that guy. You right, know? right, all right. We'll add that one to the list to go back and watch again. You know, what's interesting as I'm thinking about it is that, you know, like, um, you know, you get the martial arts has, has become such a staple of most Hollywood movies now, you know what I'm saying? Like even like watching old James Bond and new James Bond, you know, like there's so many different martial arts that are you know, the choreography and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, even into like the Bourne movies, right. Mm -hmm. And, and all that. 
which, you know, like they, I think Matt Damon's come out and said like, like, yeah, that's, you know, I, I learned some. Matt Damon. I, yeah. I learned a couple of moves and make them look really good. And the, the camera work and everything really kind of does all that. But I mean, that's the thing is that, I mean, even down to like, look at start, look at, um, uh, the Phantom Clone or whatever the episode one is that came out and um, the Phantom Clone, the Phantom, <laughs> the Phantom Menace. I mean, that was like, I mean, that's where like, I don't care what anyone says about that movie. Like there were fantastic bits of that movie. And one of them was Darth Maul. I mean, that was like, I didn't know lightsabers could do that. I didn't know evil Jedi. Oh yeah. Sith Lords. I didn't know they could do that. You know, like that was a whole homage to martial arts and everything with that whole extended sequence. And mm-hmm. so it's just interesting because, you, you know, it used to be fight scenes were more, you know, kind of stand out, slug them, stand up, slug them out and everything. And now it's almost every fight scene or everything has some kind of a martial arts choreography or something to it, you yeah. know, or the John Wick movies. What's the latest thing? They call it gun foo. Mm-hmm. You know, all the Hollywood things where. Mm-hmm. What about Kung Fu Hustle? You guys ever seen Kung Fu Hustle? Mm-hmm. That one was really it's funny. It's been a while. That was That's kind of a parody, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. more of a parody, but yeah. really well done, though. Yeah. Kung Fu Hustle's good. That one's fun. What was the one that was on Netflix? It was like a, like a 45-minute movie or a 60-minute movie. Was that uh, Kung Fury? Oh no, Kung Fury. Oh, every like wait a minute. I'm I'm renewing my like <laughs> annual call. Has everyone seen Kung Fury? Is that the one with that you made me watch? Yes, I did, and you loved me for it. <laughs> did I? Did I? Yes, you did. Did I really? <laughs> it's only a half hour long and it is so mm-hmm. good. It is so good. I, I, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. It does. It's awesome. Watch it again. It's a half hour of your life that you won't want back. You'll want it on Netflix. Uh, it's on Netflix, but it's on, I think it's YouTube. I don't. Oh yeah. Kung Fury. I, for those who have not seen it. And if you haven't listened to the episodes where Pat vehemently please watch it, please vehemently tried to urge everyone to watch it. It is, it, it is really funny. Um, is I will funny. read the one sentence summary that they have here on the IMDB in 1985 Kung Fury, the toughest martial artist cop in Miami goes back in time to kill the worst criminal of all time. Kung Fuhrer, AKA Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Also, oh if you'd like another description of the movie, Kung Fury is a 2015 English language Swedish martial arts comedy featurette. <laughs> <laughs> I think that says it all right there. What do you do with that? Man. Because when I think of Kung Fu, I think of the Swedish chef. <laughs> it's on, guys, it's on, it's on YouTube. The full 31 minute it's, movie. You've, you've got that one movie that's the Ong Bak. This is the Ong Bork Bork Bork. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. We're talking favorite. Oh my gosh. I should be struck many times. Ong Bak, <laughs> the legend of the Thai warrior. There you go. Have you guys ever seen that thing? Not all of it. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm looking at another list too, and I'm seeing titles that I can't believe I overlooked. Uh, lay them out there, Jeff. Iron Monkey. Mm. Oh yeah. Seven Samurai. 
Yes. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. I give that one. And then, I mean, even even almost the other Kurosawa, you know, like Sanjiro and Yojimbo, and that like all the spaghetti westerns were kind of similar storylines too. Those were those were pretty fantastic. Man, if I didn't need sleep so bad, I would definitely uh, <laughs> watch some of these. Did anybody watch uh, the old show, the, Go- the Green Hornet? Mm-mm. No, really. You guys, please tell me you've heard of the Green Hornet. Oh yeah, listen to some of the oh, yeah. old radio shows. Okay, okay. So, um, they actually made like a live action show in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which I, I'm guessing you guys know, but Bruce Lee was Cato, right? Mm-hmm. That whole thing. And uh, it only went one season. They actually did. Remember, there would be some crossovers with uh, Batman. The 60s Batman, they'd have Batman and Robin with the Green Hornet and Kato. And they did a couple of crossover things. Um, and uh, I mean, this might be just be fanboy coming. But it, the first Green Hornet would fight Batman. So Robin had to fight Kato. And let's just say Bruce Lee had to spar down, um, you know, when when uh, when they were doing that. But yeah, the, the old Green Hornet show was pretty cool. It wasn't necessarily a martial arts show, but still the fact that Bruce Lee was in it, you know, he could bust a move and show off a little bit. Actually, one of the channel 26 um, derivatives, I think they call it the H and I channel has green Hornet on at four o'clock in the morning on Saturday nights. Hmm. If anyone's up or you could DVR it, (laughs) but the green Hornet's fun. Uh, Pat, I just want to let you know that uh, they started filming Kung Fury 2 in July of 2019. I heard about that. Yes, I had heard about that. Uh, And actually, they actually in September of 2019, they wrapped filming. So apparently they're in post-production and they've so I don't know why it's not out yet, but I don't know. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Fassbender, David Hasselhoff. Yes. Well, you got the Hoff. Everything's all right now. Okay, so I know I made Jeff watch it, and he was grudgingly agreed to speak to me again. <laughs> but it's so good, John. You've seen it, right? Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Bo, I. <laughs> what did you I do? I said Bo? the title I thought I had, but the more you guys are talking about it, mm, I do not think I have. Oh man, I'm going to watch that tonight as soon as I'm done watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The Matrix. Uh, it looks like Kung Fury may not be on. Um, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. But it's YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah. All right. All right. Do we have anything else we want to say about Ninja Turtles? I, if, you do, if you do, you can wait like three weeks and we'll be talking about Ninja Turtles, too. I was going to say Secret of the U's <laughs> is just around the corner. Mm hmm. So anything you forget to say now, you can just say then. And we'll all learn the ninja rap and we'll have a dance party. Don't threaten people. Uh, that'll that. be something. Mm-hmm. Thank God this is an audio podcast. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. All right. Well, this has been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, this has been 1990. It's, <sighs> it's over. 1990 is over. The next time you hear us, we're going to be in 91. Mm-hmm. There's 
all kinds of fun stuff coming up in 91. Um, What's our first movie of 91? What is oh, our first? Oh, oh. Jeff, I'm, 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 I'm so glad. I'm so <laughs> glad you asked. Um, our first episode of 91 is going to be, I don't know if you've heard of it before. It's a little movie called The Rocketeer. The Rocket Who? Do you not read the papers? I've been a little busy. Okay. And I'm going to say right now, like, like our, oh God, now we're going to start on the music and it's just going to. Is one of the three questions going to be, what is your favorite derivative of the GB racer? Not unless we want to be here for a really long time. Yeah, I think we need to be. <laughs> well, I'm going to, and I'm going to say right now, like we're, we're still going to do the episode and it's going to be our normal, like, you know, hour and a half or so episode. Um, but we are not going to do it any kind of justice at all uh, compared to the Rocketeer Minute podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I listen to those guys. Um, I mean, that's, and they even have, you know, Billy Campbell is on their show regularly mm-hmm. to talk about the Rocketeer. And yeah, I mean, and, I don't and, know if it's the same guys, but someone doing a Star Wars minute that I found too. Oh, well, there's a bunch of those. Like they have like the Indiana Jones minute, the airplane minute, the, yeah. Um, airplane minute. Now that I, <laughs> that one, I've, I've wanted to, I've wanted to go listen to that one and I haven't yet, but yeah. I don't know if I have the time in my life to devote to it, but oh, yeah. joy. But there's a that. bunch of, there's a bunch of the movies by minute podcasts, you know, that's awesome. Just go look for them and there'll be a bunch of them. But no, those guys, uh, it ended up being, I want to say maybe somewhere around 90 episodes. Cause I think it's like an 86 minute movie. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, yeah, they're somewhere around 90 some episodes and they break this thing down. And, and these guys, they know aviation history. Like they know one of them works at the, the aviation museum up in uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Um, you know, so they know stuff that we will never know. So if you, if you want to know more about the Rocketeer, feel free and come listen to the hour and a half of our show, which you should do anyway. Um, but definitely follow it up with, if you are a big fin hit hour and a half, like it's really just going to be an hour and a half. Well, no, see, we will record for more than an hour and a half, but I'll try to cut it down to about an hour and a half. It's really just going to be an hour and a half of John drooling. Probably. When, when is the when is the Mandalorian slash Rocketeer crossover going to happen? Now that he has a rock, you know, like that's that's what I want. I want to see all the mm-hmm. Rocket Men like come mm-hmm. together. And that's when John dies. That, <laughs> Mandalorian, Rocketeer, and Elton John. Amanda, who? That <laughs> mm, he could do the he could he could be the guy sitting in the crazy bar with all the aliens. Mm-hmm. He, he could be the next Max Rebo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be fun. Hey, we're going to be here all day. You guys have any more requests? Play the same one again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's, so that's the first one we got coming up for 91 in January, our heroes month. We start off with the rocketeer. We continue it with double impact. Uh, we then continued even further with the one I finally am going to see, Pat, uh, Backdraft. Mm-hmm. And then we finish out the month of January with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. I can't believe you've never seen Backdraft. I have I know, not. It's crazy. I know. Of all the things he's seen. I know. I just, there's a lot of movies I haven't seen. And that's he, one of them. Yeah. Jeez. 
there's a lot of movies I watch repeatedly. So I probably should stop doing that and watch other movies. But I get stuck. Uh, our January Patreon exclusive podcast is going to be 1981's Clash of the Titans, which, dear Lord, is 40 years old next year. Mm. Uh, and then February is our family month. Uh, for that one, we've got Father of the Bride. We have... Oh. Don't. God, that movie is so great. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have. We have. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. We have regarding Henry. Favorite in my house. Is it? Uh, we have regarding Henry. Ooh. We have mm, the Adams. Yeah, it is. We have yeah. the Adams family. Oh, 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 excellent. And our February Patreon exclusive, a movie that is turning fifty next year, Willy Wonka. Oh. Cool. And that is also crazy that that's turning 50. Happened so fast. Mm-hmm. They throw up. Well, I mean, I, I texted you guys the other day about, you know, five years from now, we're going to be able to discuss the 30th anniversary of Toy Story. I know. That's insane. Why? Like, Toy Story and this movie were. Toy Story is only five years younger. Like, this is only five years older than Toy Story. Yeah. I don't know why that just, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Don't think about it too hard. Your brain will melt. It'll feel like you got hit in the head with nunchucks. Full circle. Yeah, there we go. Uh, If you want to see more about our show, you can go to 30podcast.com. That's 30podcast.com. You can leave a voicemail. You can rate and review. You can become a co-executive producer and join us on Patreon. Um, Any level of support on there will get you access to the monthly Patreon exclusives, um, as well as some other benefits as well, depending on what tier you are helping us out there at. Um, But yeah, leave us a voicemail. Drop us a line either on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. uh, Send us an email. Any one of those, if you got any feedback for us, if you want to share any thoughts on the movies we're talking about or the movies that we've got coming up. Um, otherwise, it has been another fun year with you gentlemen. So thank you all so much. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Thank you, guys. It was, what a great year. And and thank you, Dennis. Dennis couldn't be here with us tonight, but he was on with us for several episodes this year. So thank you, Dennis, as well. Thanks, thank John. Go Cubs. Um, so that's <laughs> no, that, that sounded so much like Dennis um, so thank you all thank you for another great year of the podcast we look forward to seeing you in 91 in just one short week um, but in the meantime be excellent to each other go watch some good movies and we will see you back here next time <laughs> <laughs>